Mike! Tell me something I don't know, Ump. Well, unlike that nasty curveball, there aren't any surprises when you finance your next car with Carvana. You get real terms personalized for you right in your strike zone. Really? Steeride! How am I supposed to focus when you're telling me about Carvana? Well, Slugger, you gotta keep your eye on the ball. Just like you can keep an eye on your customized down and monthly car payments. I can customize those? He's out and on his way to finance his next car with Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 91. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. Dave, how you doing? Doing good. Today is the 22nd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means we have one, two, three. Uh, one, two, three weeks from now, the start of the new league year uh, will begin. Obviously, the legal tampering period uh, a couple of days before that. But, uh, man, the uh, the NFL calendar uh, moves right along, does it not? Three weeks from today and obviously b- b- between now and then, the combine will have taken place. So uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of uh, two or three weeks here that will probably move pretty fast, I think. I can't wait because the last two weeks have been pretty slow, at least when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a lot of news there. Talked about the coaching changes on Monday's episode, but not much has happened. So Dave and I will just kind of kick around some off-season ideas some stuff we've written about and kind of talk about it on the podcast. And so we'll start things off with an article that you wrote yesterday, Dave, suggesting certainly not a marquee free agent name, but one that I think fits, one that makes a lot of sense, and one that could land in Pittsburgh. And Former versatile Oregon defensive back Ugo Amadi, who was with the Chiefs and not offered a futures contract after uh, they won the Super Bowl. So he's now a free agent. Uh, Why do you think Amadi would be a good fit and potential option for Pittsburgh? Well, first and foremost, we don't know for sure he wasn't offered a futures contract. But okay, but, but was, did not sign a future. Right, contract. right. Now we have seen this in the past, especially with uh, with Steeders players in the past. Right, uh, the season ends. Uh, uh, they they don't they don't sign a futures contract right away. They take a look around and then they say, okay, maybe I'll just go ahead and sign back uh, with 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 the team. Uh, someone with his experience that he has, it's probably not. Uh, you know, that it's not unbelievable that he's saying, hey, hold, you know, I, let, let me take a look around here real quick. And j- instead of just jumping back and signing a, a reserve futures contract with the Chiefs, maybe there's a better opportunity out there uh, somewhere. So uh, good for him, A, for doing that. Uh, he'll land somewhere, right? You know, uh, between now and <laughs> the start of training camp. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, this is a guy that we've we've had. You know, in in Ugo Amadi that we've had conversations uh, uh, about in the past a few times, and and most notably uh, ahead of the what the 2019 uh, NFL draft, the Steelers reportedly had him in for a pre-draft visit uh, that year. I think you had wrote up in the uh, annual 
Pro Day tracker that uh, Mark Bruner was at the Oregon Pro Day that year. Uh, this is a guy that's a versatile, physical kind of defensive back, undersized, however. Uh, since entering the NFL, most of his snaps, especially in his early early days with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, drafted him in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL draft out of Oregon. Uh, he's played predominantly in, you know, in nickel slot type uh, type situations. Uh, once again, a physical kind of player. He he's kind of uh, he kind of feels like even though uh, Mike Hilton went undrafted, he kind of feels along the lines of that point in his career right now. Uh, if you will. Uh, and once again, obviously he was a fourth round draft pick, whereas, you know, Mike Hilton was, was, was what an undrafted guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but this is a guy that's played 47 games uh, uh, in his first two seasons or in his first three seasons with the Seahawks. Uh, the, the, the earlier tape with him seems to be better than, than the latter tape after the, uh, right ahead of the 2022 season last year, getting underway, he was traded from the Seahawks to the, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think it was something like 10 days later, uh, they turned around and the Eagles traded him to, to, uh, to Tennessee and Tennessee then proceeded to wave him by the, uh, end of October, not too long after that, he landed on the chiefs practice squad. I think he got act elevated for, for one game with them uh, a little bit later in the season there played only on special teams. And that's another note about him as well, too. He's got quite a bit of special teams experience. Uh, uh, he can play the, I, I, I think gunner and, 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 you know, he's that physical for a small guy there. So uh, if you're looking and if you look at the Steelers depth chart right now and and uh, especially, you know, slot corner alternatives and all like that. And I, I think this is a guy that, you know, especially if you could get, could get him on a uh, minimal deal, which for him, I think would be one point oh eight million dollars. Uh, it would also be a veteran benefit contract, which, which means it would come with a reduced uh, salary cap charge. You know, why wouldn't you see if he would like to sign with you, especially if there's no guaranteed money? Let's say you don't have to give him, you know, one hundred fifty two point five you know thousand uh, dollars as a as a minimum signing bonus. Uh, just signing him for the flat out minimum. You know, this is a guy they, they've had a little bit of history with pre-draft I don't see why you wouldn't reach out to him and see if he wouldn't want to come in and compete for a spot over over the summer if he was hypothetically signed are we talking pure slot corner or do you think with his background he could play a bit more than just that I don't think he's a guy that I mean I he he could probably play outside in a pinch you know break yeah, I guess more more like safety could he rotate in a little bit of safety action I don't think there's a lot of that on on his tape at the NFL level. Now he has logged some snaps probably in some rotation type, you know, inverted mm -hmm. you know, cover two type situations or, or whatnot. But I, I don't think there's a lot of tape to back up at the NFL level that he could be, let's say, a you know, strong safety. Now I tell you, he, he's not afraid of sticking his face in the fan and all, and he's physical as far as that goes. So, could you make, could, could he potentially transition more and, and be more of a, I don't know, you know, just a flat out, you know, dime kind of, 
uh, player potentially. I, 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 you know, could could you do something with him? I I don't think you want to rely on him being uh, obviously an every down strong safety, you know? Sure. Uh, but I, I think there's enough versatility. In fact, when he came out of Oregon, I think that was one of the, the pluses with him is that he had played a little bit of safety. If I, if, if memory serves me, right. Yeah. He was lauded as somebody that wore a lot of hats there. So obviously I'm not talking about making him a full-time, you know, safety or maybe a full-time anything, but just in terms of what you could offer in terms of sub packages, in terms of post-snap rotation, those types of things, the more that you can do there, the more value you're going to bring to a defense. Right. So now, once again, uh, this would, you know, uh, I think the only way the Steelers would have interest in him would be a a, a minimal contract, you know, so. And that should be his price tag. He's not going to get anything above that for any team. Right. And I think now it's just a a matter of him, assuming there's no character issues, which I I haven't found that to be the case or anything like that. But, uh, you know, uh, he's going to look around. I mean, I think that's obvious at this point. And he's got to look at, you know, what, what, what maybe gives him the best chance to make a 53 man roster this year. And I would say it's, it's a better than 50 or or maybe right at a 50, 50 chance that could potentially happen uh, with the Steelers, depending obviously how the rest of the off season, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with, with, uh, with Edmonds and Casey and, you know, uh, obviously we'll see what happens with, 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 with the corner situation there as well too. But uh once again, this is just the, it's a connecting of the dots on a guy. That's not going to move the Richter scale. Even if mm-hmm. you did, did sign him. Uh, it's just fun when you see some of these names surface on the transact transaction list, knowing that the students have had, you know, past, uh, conversations with them. You know, I think this is a guy that potentially they might law, you know, might, might make a phone call to. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's well-reasoned. And again, Pittsburgh circling back to guys they had, you know, some apparent interest in coming out of the draft is a very Steelers on-brand thing to do. So a good suggestion by you, and we'll keep tabs on where he lands. Dave, you also wrote about uh, with the franchise tag uh, window opening earlier this week in, you know, Pittsburgh, they're not going to, they're not candidates to franchise tag any of their pending pre-agents. There was one idea kicked around on Twitter about the transition tag, you know, not used often, but has been used by Pittsburgh in the past. Jason Worlds received the transition tag a, a, a while back, correct? Right. Was there anybody else? Was there, wasn't there somebody else? That sold what, Max, didn't Max Starks get it? Uh, that sounds right. Uh, several years ago. I mean, obviously, uh, look, dating back to what was what I have in there, 2016. I think uh, the tra- uh, uh, the uh, transition tag across the NFL has been used just three times, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So that 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 tells you a lot right there. But uh, I didn't I didn't go into this offseason thinking I would have to explain this or write about you know why it's unlikely that uh, anybody on the Steelers uh, uh, roster would be a candidate. Or, or shouldn't be a candidate to, to receive either the franchise or the transition tag. But thanks to the internet and, you know, not, not only on Twitter, but I've, 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 you know, on some other blogs, I've seen some, some misinformation float around. So I used yesterday afternoon and say, all right, I'll go ahead and there's a fish in the barrel here. I'll go ahead <laughs> and sh- shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the fish was a suggestion that 
the team should or could transition tag cornerback Cam Sutton. Can you explain why that almost certainly will not occur? Yeah, for starters, the transition tag, uh, what it is, it's a one-year uh, tender for uh, you know amount of the, what is it, the average uh, of the top 10 salaries at each position as opposed to the top five for a franchise tag. Uh, the transition tag guarantees that, that the original club uh, has the right of first refusal for any player that they transition tag should he sign an offer sheet with another team, uh, they have the right to match that offer as it is written. Uh, if they don't match the offer as it is signed offer that, that a player transition tag tape, a player gets from another team, if they don't match that exact offer, the player goes to that new team and then the former team receives zero compensation and zero as in nada zilch nothing 0.000 no compensatory draft pick value or anything the guy just walks out the door and he's gone all right so that's that's a one of the downfalls against the uh, 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 uh transition tag now obviously poison pills aren't allowed anymore with the player must play you know uh uh, say Minnesota, uh, the Steve uh, Hutchinson situation. Yeah, you know, must yep. play five games in Minnesota. You know, it's, it's crazy stuff that we've seen in the past. Thankfully, the NFL has done away with with that point, that crazy poison pill stuff, and all like that. Uh, however, comma, uh, you know, other teams could put together a signed offer sheet, depending on their cap situation and how they want to structure guaranteed money and stuff like that, uh, where it makes it hard for other teams to match match the deal you know so that that's another aspect of this uh to to uh to think about that is terms beyond poison pills if you will uh the other thing to think about here is the transition tag for cornerbacks this year is 15.791 million all right uh i think most people listening to this along with you would think Man, that's that's way you know that that's high as far as a value for for one season comes for for uh, for Cameron Sutton. Even if you deemed it as being the ceiling that you could live with with fifteen point seven nine one million, you still have to be able to accommodate that tag amount underneath the cap once you issue the uh the transition tender so in the Steelers case right now they're slightly i have them projected as slightly over uh the cap number which they obviously have to be compliant with three weeks from uh from today uh and they will be uh but in the meantime if they transition tag uh sutton and they didn't work out a long-term deal with him prior to um, uh, March 15th, they would have to accommodate that full nearly $16 million under the cap. Can, could they theoretically do that? Absolutely, they could. They could turn around and cut some players and restructure some players. Uh, they could accommodate the cap hit. The question is, is that the right move or is that something that they want to do? And I think we would both agree that it's probably not a good business decision to do that. And, and A, uh, once you transition, we talk about this in the past when it's come to players and 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 the franchise tag. 
Once you tag a player at a certain amount, regardless if it's a franchise tag or a transition tag, uh, you're telling the player and his representation that you think that player is worth that for at least one year because there is a distinct possibility that that player might wind up playing underneath that tag for that amount. So thus, if you transition tag a guy like Cameron Sutton at nearly $16 million, you're telling him, okay, look, we, we think you're worth that, you know, as your annual yearly value. And any agent at that point is going to, you know, if they're in the right mind and doing their job, they were going to use that as a starting point, as an average yearly value for a long-term deal. They'd be foolish not to, right. uh, unless, you know, unless they could get some crazy four year fully guaranteed deal at, at, at a, you know, at a lower number or something along those lines there. So not only are you tying up the cap space of nearly $16 million by transition tagging Cameron Sutton, you're also telling them, okay, well, when we get to the long-term deal negotiations here, that's probably going to be the starting point that you're going to uh, demand there. Now, also, once you transition tag a player, you are, you know, essentially putting a lot of leverage in, 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 in on that player's side too, because, uh, when it comes to outside offer sheets, he's not obligated to sign any offer sheet out there. And if there's something that he does not like, uh, that he gets from the other team, he's not obligated to sign Mm -hmm. it. So he could, he, you know, he might, uh, at that point, Sutton might say, you know what? I don't like these offer sheets out there. I don't like what the Steelers are offering me. I'll just play under that transition tag for 15, nearly $15.8 million. And there's nothing nobody can do about it. And I'll take my chances next year uh, in, 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 in unrestricted free agency and see if, you know, if, if either the Steelers want to uh, trans, you know, uh, franchise tag me or, or work out a deal by then. So uh, there are a lot of reasons why it's one thing if he, if he was worth more overall, then obviously you'd probably really think about the franchise tag at that point, which for a cornerback this year is 18.14 million. We know that's not going to happen. And, and, you know, once again, people listening to this are are probably thinking, well, he's not even worth the transition tag amount. But once again, the transition tag is not foolproof in the fact that you're opening him up to receiving offers still from other teams. And he might just, all it takes is one team to overpay or one team to structure something and, and make it where, 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 where you couldn't potentially uh, match it. Not only that, you're tying up that nearly $16 million in cap space, waiting to see what may or may not happen as far as an offer sheet might go. Sure. And although Pittsburgh could theoretically, as you said, afford that if they cut, multiple players and restructured multiple deals, they're not going to do that. And so I think it was good for you to lay that out and throw very much cold water on the idea. But the long and short is they will not franchise tag anybody. They will not transition tag anybody. And that's kind of an end of story right there. Right. That's uh, hopefully if you read that post or if you're listening to this now, uh, it's uh, the franchise tag is out of the question altogether. It would be, Super, super surprising if they transition tag Cameron Sutton. 
Absolutely. I think the most interesting thing, the thing people should focus on, it's not as gaudy, but some of these restricted free agents who gets tendered at what level, who doesn't get tendered and potentially tries to be re-signed for a lower amount. And I know that's not going to be maybe the most marquee names there, but a James Pierre, J.C. Hassenauer and others, that's what I'm looking for when it comes to anything, not that it's a tag, but just that that tender kind of world uh, that we can talk about. Right. And, you know, as far as the restricted, I mean, I, 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 it's one of the first things that I, uh, uh, what do what I call that series coming out? The, of sh- the oh, primer. Pri- primer. Yeah. And, you know, I, we've already, I think, covered a lot of those restricted uh, names there just for just to to uh, go through them real, real quick. Once again, here with the restricted free agents, uh, James Pierre, uh, you're probably you know, I think I think it's reasonable to expect uh, the team to issue him a right of first refusal restricted tender mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. Uh, Steven Sims, you know, I think there's a possibility that you could you know re- restricted tender him. Uh, J.C. Hassenhauer, you know, uh, there's nearly two point seven million dollars on 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 a restricted tender. Sound a little little rich. Uh, 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 right of first refusal restrictor tender on him. I, I think, I think that could go either way with him. I think the first two, James Pierre and Stephen Sims, are more likely to receive the restricted tenders more so than a JC Hassenauer. Huh? You think? I mean, it's just I, I hear you. Maybe and maybe you can get this guy for cheaper, but he is the backup center. There is no other option right now. They they do seem to like Hassenauer. Right. I'm not. I, and, and I even put way back in that primer back in, it was written on January 11th. I said, it, it, it's certainly not out of the question that it receives a right of first refusal. I just think that the chances of the other two are, are higher than Hassenauer. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting though, because that money, we talked about this before that money adds up. If you hypothetically give the original round right of first refusal tender to all three, that is how much in cap space? Two point seven. Yeah. Let, let's call it uh what is the right of first refusal at this point? Uh, I haven't those it numbers too- weren't weren't even okay. known uh, at, at at the time that I wrote the article, and obviously the cap has been set uh, since then. Sure. Let's see here, right of first refusal is close to what what it was projected at two point six two seven million. So let's take that and times it by three, right? Or seven point eight because Je- you're not gonna you're not gonna tender Jeremy McNichols right right that's the one we can <laughs> confidently because uh, uh, he include he 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 he's the other one there you're looking at uh, seven point eight eight one million and obviously you got to take out you know roster displacement and all like that uh, on top of it. so you're looking at a cool six million right. Uh, yeah, which and, is and, not and a small space, number, right? Which the, the the position that this team sits in right now—that's uh, you know, especially with them technically uh, over the cap right now. You know, uh, that's that's something that you have to make sure you budget for. So, will all three of them uh, be 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 restricted tendered? We'll see. Co- at least one or two of them will be. I think we, we feel mm-hmm. pretty confident in that. The question is, is Ooh. will all three of Pierre Sims and Hassanara be uh, restricted tender? But once right. again, that does use up cap space and those tenders have to be made here within the next three weeks as well. Right. I know, again, that's not a great headline. Will this team tender Steven Sims is not as sexy as will they transition tag, you know, Cam Sutton. But to me, it's more interesting and more relevant question will be watching for over the next three three weeks. Right. 
All right, Dave, what else do we have here? You want to talk about some uh, free agent defense alignment, how that relates to, to Larry Ogunjobi? So what kind of what kind of thought process do you have there? Yeah, and this has just really come about this, you know, us having this discussion just over based off of kind of rumblings or news that's out there uh, on a couple of these defensive tackles. Let's start with uh, the Washington Commanders and Deron Payne. Uh, it, it The latest report is that knowledge of the situation that the commanders are expected to use a franchise tag on Deron Payne. And obviously if they do, that's probably going to keep him off the market, right? Uh, Davlin Tomlinson with the Vikings uh, was set to have his uh, current contract void uh, uh, here coming up here pretty soon. Uh, According to Field Yates of ESPN, the two sides have decided to push that void date back uh with uh until the start of the new league year uh with hopes that the two sides to come could come to some sort of long-term agreement so it sort of sounds like every effort's going to be made to keep davlin tomlinson uh off the free agent market here now let's look at uh some other interior defensive linemen uh let me pull up the tracker here uh, some interior defensive linemen is set to become unrestricted. I want that switch. There it goes. Uh, let's take Edge out of that. Uh, let's look at guys that uh, play, I don't know, 55% or more of the snaps uh, for their team last, last year. Uh, we already talked about Jerron Payne. Jerron Reed, uh, he's going, he is 31, however. Uh, do you see much, do you see Jerron Reed as being, a big winner in, 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 in unrestricted free agency at, 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 in other words, a prime target for multiple teams. Probably not. I wouldn't call him, you know, the prize of free agency or anything close to that. What about Greg Gaines from the Rams? Yeah, he got some buzz a couple of years back during their kind of big Super Bowl runs and pushes. I don't know. I think he's, he's coming played off his rookie deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. So again, is he going to be a, Big, big money guy. No, but there could be some interest there. Uh, Isaiah Bugs, <laughs> <laughs> Our old friend, Isaiah Bugs. I mean, kudos to him. I think he's turned things around in Detroit, you know, became a leader, his place seemed to be better. But I don't think a, uh, I mean, you never know, but I'm not sure if a Pittsburgh reunion is, is in the cards. Uh, let's see here. Fletcher Cox at 33. His contract's voiding. Yeah, he should be gone. Time in Philadelphia is done. I mean, I know the Pittsburgh, you know, reportedly, they tried to trade for him a couple of years ago, but 33, maybe his place slipped a bit. It would be un unstealer like to to sign a guy like that. It's a new regime, so we'll we'll check that. Um, that'll be. Uh, and I'm not just talking about just the Steelers either. I'm talking about league wide. How you know okay. uh, as far as big money goes, how many of these guys are going to be in high demand? Yeah, it's hard to say for sure. I think Cox will have some interest, but we're probably talking one year deals uh, when it comes to Fletcher Cox. All right, Javon, this kid named Javon Hargrave. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in demand. He will be in demand. Uh, David uh, Onyemata from the, from the Saints, his uh, contract's voiding. He had a couple good years with the Saints, I think. I don't know. 31 years of age, coming off of a $9 million APY deal. Yeah, he did have five sacks last year. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to know for sure what the market for some of these guys is. Not you know having my ear close to that fully. There'd be some interest, but I doubt he's not going to be big money type interest. 
Uh, let's go on down. Taven Bryan, a, a former first round draft pick of, uh, I think it was a Jaguars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, most recently of the Browns, he's not going to be in that high of demand. I would no. think, right? No, he won't. Uh, Draymond Jones from the Broncos is 26 played 57.8% of the snaps. No, he won't be in big demand either. Uh, one one guy that that probably going to make a little bit of money this offseason, Zach Allen from the Cardinals, right? But he's more of uh, any more of a uh, three. I yeah, I guess he's he could fit in multiple fronts. Yeah, he had a good year looking at his numbers: five and a half sacks this year for Arizona. So I'm sure he'll get a a decent paycheck. Puna Ford. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, some really good tape in Seattle, was an interesting guy coming out. Again, I don't know exactly what number he's going to be at, but he can get paid a little bit. I think he's still pretty young. All right, and the last one I want to uh, talk about here would be Larry Ogunjobi then. Right, we have not heard much about Ogunjobi and, um, you know, pending free agent or starter to play considerable snaps. Now, he only had one and a half sacks. His play was hot and cold. He did battle a toe injury and whenever, you know, he certainly made some some high level impact plays. And so it's uh, one of the guys I've been uncertain of in terms of how the team feels about him, if they're likely to bring him back or not. And I could see this going either way. I would more lean towards letting him walk. But I understand if you do that, your defensive line room looks really slim right now it's kim hayward and not really sure what else is going to is going to be there i guess the overall why i wanted to go down this rabbit hole here on the uh uh, after kind of the i don't know if you call them reports or rumors or speculation or uh according to sources with the duran pain and uh who was the other uh uh uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson news with it looking less likely that those guys are going to hit unrestricted free agents uh agent uh agency here. Uh what does this do to the value of a guy like Larry Larry? How far up? In other words, how much in demand does a guy like Larry Ogan Joby become on uh in 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 unrestricted free agency assuming Payne and Tomlinson do not hit it? Yeah, it doesn't hurt his value. I don't know how much it's going to help it. Um, uh, obviously, Javon Hargrave leads the list based on the names we, we rattled off, right? Sure. He'll be the, the big prize. Okay. Uh, but beyond him, you know, of, of those names that I rattled off, I mean, is Ogan Joby like top three? I pr- Probably not. I don't know where exactly I would rank him. I don't watch enough of the other. 31 teams to be able to properly rank that. I mean, again, I think his play was better than some of the stats, but the guy did only have one and a half sacks this year. And so you get paid by, by sacks. That's why the, you know, the bears were going to give him a ton of money after that big seven sack season in 21 with the Bengals. So that's going to ding his value to some extent, you know, what number is right for Ogan Joby. We've talked about maybe coming in. It's Jeep four by four season, make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $389 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease request, or capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark. Just a bit under what he got paid this year with Pittsburgh, um, but again, he wants that that multi-year deal. I'm sure after that uh, deal with Chicago fell through, and does Pittsburgh want to give him that for a guy that's battled some injuries, has some hot and cold tape? That's kind of where I start to think, eh, maybe you look elsewhere. 
And I guess that's kind of where I'm going here. Not so uh, just more from the probability standpoint of them being able to resign him because they're, they're probably not going to want to let, let's say he even lowered his value to 6 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Steelers going to want to try to accommodate a $6 million one year deal for Ogan Joby? And they could. Yeah. I don't think he wants one year though. I think he wants that long-term deal because he's right. not getting any younger. And again, he's I'm sure upset that that three year, $40 million contract with Chicago fell through after he failed his physical. And if he can't get a multi-year deal for more than, Six million or so. He's probably he probably would become a one year mercenary once again if the if mm. if if the deal was right, right? Yeah, if he couldn't get the long term deal that he wanted, then you take the one year deal, try to bet on yourself, and you know stay healthy next year and, and try again. Once again, the whole the whole reason I wanted to go down this is is I I think if this comes to fruition with Payne and Tomlinson, I think it lessens the chances. Of Ogan Joby being re-signed. Yeah, maybe uh, to me a small amount, but I think it's pretty negligible. I don't think it's going to really move the needle too much because I think those guys are just in different worlds than where Ogan Joby sits right now. Okay. But he's um, going to, would he be top five in demand for interior defensive linemen? Assuming, assuming pain and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and Tomlinson don't hit it. Maybe, but. I didn't watch a lot of Puna Ford okay. this year. I mean, what, what, where would you rank Oak and Joby among that group? I, I would think, you know, I would think he's top five in demand easily. I would think if, 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 if uh, those two don't hit it. Okay. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, you know, the combine is when everyone, the whole NFL world gets together and agents start to talk. And so maybe we'll, we'll hear some more chatter about Oak and Joby because it has been super quiet on for agent mm-hmm. front. I mean, we've heard about Cam Sutton a ton, even Robert Spillane. What's going to happen to him? Could he get brought back? Things like that. Terrell Edmonds, but really not heard a peep up about um, Larry Oak and Joby. All right. Uh, back, back to Cam. Uh, you know, that that's really all I, all I wanted to discuss when it came to Oak and Joby. And that, once again, just on the heels of that, recent reports about Payne and Tomlinson, uh, my, my view. And I, I, I didn't think the chances were that great. I, I didn't think it was a slam dunk thing that Ogan Joby was going to be back prior to all this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my main takeaway is I think it lessens the chances of him being re-signed uh, if indeed Payne and Tomlinson don't hit unrestricted free agency. I will just say, though, again, if you're Pittsburgh, not that you want to base your decision solely off of this, but you understand if Oak and Joby goes elsewhere, your D-line room is looking pretty light. I mean, it's again, it, it's who are your starters next year? You got Cam Hayward. Who else do you got? That's great. And we've talked about that since, and that's why we, right. we really think this team's going to invest early in the draft at that position, regardless of what happens with Oak and Joby. Sure. But you may have to address it in for agency as well, because to get all your other starters, rotational pieces through just the draft, you know, is a, is a tricky proposition. So, um, you know, Montrevious Adams and nose tackle, you can try to pencil him in. You know, he came on stronger the, the back half of the year, but he didn't have a, a great season overall. I, again, what are their plans for DeMarvin Leal? Not quite sure. Isaiah Latimoke, a disappointing sophomore season. Wormley with a torn ACL. You know, Aluwalu is not going to be back. There aren't a lot of options there right now. Right. So, uh, I mean, do you... You obviously the Steelers aren't a team that, that overpays. And once again, you know, Ogan Joby's probably going to want a multi-year deal. 
Right, right. But uh, so will probably any other free agent that you want to sign to, to come in and start. I'm trying to kick around names. You know, Nashawn Robinson, I think, could get some money. I think Matt Ioannidis would be a good fit with Pittsburgh. So just what about my boy John about. Kaminsky? That they yeah. should have signed a couple weeks or <laughs> he several months great ago. great year in, in Detroit. I know we talked about that in the offseason whenever he got dumped by, was it Atlanta or whoever? And he went up to the Lions and, and had a great year. Man, you could probably get him on a multi-year deal that wouldn't kill you. And, you know, uh, he he could be that guy off the bench, you know? Yeah, I think Kaminsky's a name to, to consider. I know when I made my very broad kind of first pass through a wish list of free agency, and I'll post that closer to the March 15th uh, start of the new league year, Kaminsky was on that list. I mean, he had four sacks for Detroit this past season. Now you pointed to the fence last year and you, you hit, all right. Uh, you, <laughs> na- you nailed it right over the center field wall uh, uh, with James Daniels. Uh, we expect nothing uh, but that this time around now. All right. I set the bar too high. I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who my James Daniels, if I'll even have one this year is, but I'm starting to make my list of names that I want to start to research more. What about our buddy, uh, Andrew Billings? Yeah, I think cheap one-year deal. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's that pure interior plugger. You know, he's not going to offer anything as a pass rusher, but uh, Pittsburgh has seen him a lot. Obviously, there was interest pre-draft when he came out of Baylor. So that's a name we've kicked around a little bit before and is also on that long current wish list that I'm kind of going to whittle down before I actually post the article. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to talk about on on that kind of uh, interior defensive lineman topic? No, nothing for there, although I wrote for the other side of the football today about the lack of interior, really just offensive line depth in general, both interior and the tackle. We mentioned that you know a little bit earlier this week, so I won't belabor it too much. So if hypothetically Pittsburgh runs back at starting five, and they may not, but if we assume that they do, at the very least, the depth must be upgraded because there is nothing there. Maybe Hassenauer at center, although he's really, to me, a, a pure center. He can play guard. He has played guard. Too small though to play guard for more than a half of action in-game replacement type stuff. And so a tackle and you got nothing there. That's a big sore spot for this team right now. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but uh and we'll see if they address it at, you know, e- even with the lower end uh uh unrestricted free agent or something like that. Uh, I, I know I know you're not as on board with it as I am, but I would like to see them re-sign Jesse Davis on the cheap. Uh, to a minimal deal to at least have him around to compete. Yeah, I mean, you could. I just you want to play this guy at all. I mean, maybe they re-sign him or Trent Scott. Yeah, I could see Trent Scott coming back. He played a little bit last year as that tackle eligible. And because he knows Pat Meyer, and he can theoretically play both tackle spots to give you something there. But you got to do better than than either of those guys. All right, let me, uh, I wanted to retake your temperature after the last couple of days on where you're at on a Cam- Cameron Sutton uh, uh, average yearly value. Yeah, I think the number, it's hard to argue with the numbers in the market value. And so I think, you know, you're well within your rights to say 13 and a half, 14 million is going to be the number for him. And it wouldn't shock me if that's where it came in at. I just like to maybe hold on to him. And maybe it's just pure hope and black and gold color glasses that you can try to get this guy for less um, because I think he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, wants to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, I, I think either way he will be resigned and we'll just have to really see what that number looks like. Do you envision it being a three, four or five year deal? If they work something out with him. Three or four. I couldn't tell you which one, but three or four years. 
I would agree on that. I mapped a little something out yesterday, uh, looking at uh, market values and and cash flows and 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 guaranteed money. Uh, uh, pe- uh, if you're driving and you're holding coffee right now, please hmm. uh, uh, put that coffee in the coffee holder right now. I don't, I don't want people to 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 or pull over to the side of the road right here. Uh, look, I, I I've been kind of strong in my conviction that is that is uh, market value is going to be from what ten and a half to thirteen and a half somewhere around in there. You know, and I, I really think that's going to be the case. And I, I really could potentially see it being in the higher of that small window there. So uh, what if it was a three-year, $39 million deal, which brings out a uh, average yearly value of $13 million, uh, $13.5 million signing bonus, a $1.5 million fully guaranteed base salary in 2023 uh, as far as the second year, your money uh, uh, goes and percentage of guarantee of that, you know, that we'll see what they do that, uh, you know, odds, uh, you know, he's not Minka Fitzpatrick and he's not TJ Watt, right? Sure. Right. Uh, where it comes to fully guaranteeing those first, first couple years there might, might, though the Steelers have to fully guarantee the first two years to make it worth as well, though, that's, that's the big question, or at least a, a, a pretty good chunk of that second year money to make, make it worth as well. Yeah. Look, or could you do a roster bonus as a kind of a. Yeah. And they, they, they probably will. In fact, I yeah. have penciled in here a, uh, a $3 million roster bonus uh, in, 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 in 2024 with mm-hmm. his base salary in 2024 at 11.5 million. Uh, what that would do is that would give him a first year take upon signing the deal in 2023, based on the way I had this laid out, it would, it would give, it would pay him $15 million in 2023. Now his cap charge would be $6 million based on the way I have this thing mapped out. Okay. Okay. Uh, through 2024, his cash flow would be 26.5 million, which is just slightly more than his 13 million dollar new money average, right? Uh, right. Uh, I think that's. I think some. I I think that number is going to have to at least be based on a 13 million dollar average yearly value that. His his cash flow through 2024 will have to at least be 26 million. I have it at 26.5. Uh, his cap charge in 2024 would be 19 million. Obviously, there would probably be some sort of roster bonus in there that should you have to restructure to free up a little bit of cap room. You could put in. Uh, this is a three year deal, by the way. Uh, and then. His 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 final year, 2025, you'd be looking at a base salary of 12.5 million and a cap number of 17 million on there. So to recap, a three-year, 39 million dollar deal, uh, average yearly value of 13 million, a let's call the guarantee. Uh, 22 million. Gotcha. Sorry to interrupt here. Some news just coming in. I do want to get back to your Cam Sutton kind of outline, but according to Jerry Dulac, who just tweeted this uh, moments ago, says that Jerry Olsavsky will not be retained 
And he, uh, Dulak saying that Aaron Curry was hired to be the inside linebacker coach, not the outside linebacker edge coach. And so um, putting that aside, the nuts and bolts here, Dulak saying Olsavsky is out as the Steelers uh, coach in whatever capacity he was working in last year. Yeah, that's a bit of a shock. Uh, I didn't, you know, uh, look, I know Jerry went through losing his wife. What was it last year? Right. Yes. Last year. Uh, I I find it kind of curious that you're bringing in a guy that's mostly dealt with, you know, edge rushers and played edge to come in and be an inside linebacker coach. I find that curious. Well, he was Curry was an off ball linebacker. He was like an outside linebacker, but like in a four three front. So, I mean, what did he do in Seattle though? Do we know exactly who he worked with primarily? I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was the edge guy with them. Okay, I didn't look into it as much, so I don't know for sure. But I mean, in in, in the NFL and in at Wake Forest, I mean, he wasn't a pass rusher. He was that you know like four three Sam linebacker type. Okay, all right. So. I don't know. I mean, we'll see, but I guess, you know, we'll figure out where Curry's at, but the actual, you know, the big news there is Olsavsky's not returning. So does Dunbar and Martin just continue working with the edge guys the way that they have in the past, or um, is there something else going on? Will they hire somebody else? You know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's a, that's a curious development, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh's coaching staff's back down to, what, 16? I think with the uh, Curry in Olsavsky out. So, you know, there, there's some, some news there. Will they continue to add to that coaching staff? They have now just five defensive coaches, which is if, if that was to stay the same and we'll see if that stays the same, that'll be probably the smallest group in football. So, you know, that could change, but something to watch. All right. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. But anyway, back to Cam Sutton. So what, three years, 39 million. Yeah, that's that's big money for sure. It's a huge upgrade for for Cam Sutton, what he was making on this past extension he signed in 2020. So the market would dictate that. Can you try to get him at a bit of a discount? You know, just because maybe he wants to really re- remain in Pittsburgh. We'll see. But money, as always, talks. All right. Uh, you know, and, and once again, that's based on a, a a 13 million dollar, you know, average yearly value. As as you know, as we've stated a few times, obviously you'd love to try to get him cheaper than that. But I think when you look at the market, man, and look at some of these guys around him, and you uh, you look at the guys you know set to become unrestricted free agents, uh, it just it feels like that you know the number is going to be once again somewhere between that ten and a half and you know, thirteen thirteen and a half million dollar range. Yeah, but I mean, there's a big difference between if it's ten and a half or thirteen and a half. I mean, we're talking a pretty big swing there, I think, in terms of where he slots overall across the league, and of course, just with the actual money, if it's a three, four year deal. Well, once again, if you got him at uh, looking at the cornerback market, if you got him at at ten million, I mean, he's going to be way down on that way down on that list. It would take to get him into the the current one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. To get him in the top 15, he would have to top 13.333 million. Right. Like I said, it's a big swing. I mean, if we're talking three years, 30 million or three years, 40 million. I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty big difference there. So do you think it's more likely to come in closer towards the high end of 13 and a half, 14 million or closer to that 10 and a half, 11 million number? I, I, 
I feel just based on looking at, at the numbers in the market, I feel it'd be more, you know, more closer to the top end once sure. again. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's why, I mean, could, could it settle somewhere around 12 million? Possibly. That might be a happy medium there for sure. Um, it's still now, again, the market's the market, but even if it's 12 million, that is such a big pay raise for Sutton based off his current deal, which was what, two years, 9 million. I think he signed in 2020. Is that correct? Uh, it was with him. What was it? Yeah, I think it was nine million, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was four and a half per year, and they added the the dummy years on there to to you know manage that twenty twenty cap uh, season. So you know, if you get twelve million, I mean, you're almost tripling your money. It's not a bad deal for Sutton. Now, again, the market is the market, but it would be a big. But you're race not going to leave money on the table, right? No, but if it, if there's a negotiation, if you want to maybe some sort of wiggle room there, you sit there and say, yeah, I'm not getting maybe exact true market value, but I'm still getting a substantial increase. I'm staying at the place that I want to stay. And maybe that's an incentive for Sutton to take a bit less. Okay. But we'll see. Like I said, it's a, it's a number I'll be watching as closely as anything when it comes to free agents this summer. So uh, we'll see, you know, how close it gets to that, to that projection. Uh, one more thing to talk about here today, Dave, some, you know, contract related stuff. And this kind of came up and talked about a bit more after Matthew Slater returned to New England for the I think 98th season of his NFL career about the, and you can explain this better than I can, but the uh, four year qualifying contract deals to some of these veteran types that can uh, reduce uh, the cap hit uh, for these guys that happened with Terrell Edmonds last year. So kind of walk us through what that is and what candidates uh, there are for Pittsburgh for those contracts this off season. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, let it be known that uh, to, to qualify, to be a four-year to, to to sign a four-year player qualifying contract, your four previous uh, seasons, accrued seasons, have would have had to been with the with with the same team uh, that that you're with now, uh, and and uninterrupted. Okay, so in other words, you can't waive a guy or, or and then bring him back, and 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 that he has, has to have been part of your it states in their ninety man roster uh, uh, overall, you know, consecutively. So uh, a guy like Robert Splane, for example, would not be eligible for it because of him getting waived in that early year, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there. But uh, technically, if you want to look at guys that just from a time standpoint would qualify uh, for it, the list is small. It's uh, Terrell Edmonds. It's uh, Zach Gentry. It's uh, Cameron Sutton. It's uh, Devin Bush, Benny Snell Jr., Mason Rudolph, and Tyson Alualu. Those are the guys that would be technically qualified for it. Now, uh, you want a, a, a quick refresher on what this is? It This is a, this is the type of contract that Terrell Edmonds signed last offseason. Right. Right. So uh, uh, now the actual benefit for 2022 that teams or 2023 that teams can take advantage of totals out at one point three five million is the actual kind of discounted benefit that you get from signing a player to such a deal. You can only also sign two players a year to such a contract, right? So if you wanted to sign two players to these kind of contracts and they agreed, you could. However, comma, the $1.35 million benefit is the total amount. So you would have to 
decide, do you want to give all that to one, you know, how do you want to divide it between the two players? Uh, last year's instance, they only signed one player to that type of contract and they gave all that, that, that extra benefit money uh, to, uh, to Terrell Edmonds. Now it does come with basically a $1.35 million salary cap benefit, that $1.35 million of extra money above the minimum that the player already could earn on a regular contract uh, does not count against the the, uh, the cap. That's where that's where the benefit aspect of this thing uh, comes in. So I think uh, I think we all agree that you know Devin Bush probably isn't going to might probably isn't going to be interested in such a deal, right? Yeah, anything any deal from Pittsburgh, he will not be interested in. He will not be a Steeler next year. And the same with Mason Rudolph, right? Correct. All right, uh, Benny Snell. That's too much to pay Benny Snell, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, Cameron Sutton's going to laugh if you offer that. <laughs> yeah, uh, do not offer Sutton then. And and Tyson Otawalu is probably going to retire anyway. If, if if Tyson Otawalu did for some reason come back, that would that would probably be the deal that he signs. Yeah, but I can't see any any situation he comes back. All right, so that that puts us back down to Terrell Edmonds and Zach Gentry as being the two two true candidates for such a deal. Now, a lot of people probably and, and look, I'm not saying that these are the deals that they're going to sign or should sign. I'm saying that these two players are the the truest candidates mm-hmm. for such a deal. Uh, you know, people are probably going to argue, man, uh, Terrell Edmonds probably worth. Three and a half, four million dollars a year. He'd probably laugh at, at signing that same kind of deal. Perhaps he would. But what if what if his market value <laughs> craps to bed again this offseason? You know, teams just aren't interested in him. Sure. I mean, he signed the deal last year, so it's not a crazy thought that he would sign the deal again. It's not like circumstances change dramatically. He had another, I mean, he he played better this year than he played last year, but you know, he's a pretty limited player he is who he is it's not going to command big money so i think if you want to circle one name that potentially not saying that it will but potentially it's Terrell Edmonds. all right here's something i think uh, matthew marks he's going to ask this on a site on one of his questions coming up here uh daily morning questions that he likes to roll out there how much did Terrell Edmonds increase his value last season Probably a little. Again, I think it was a better year in 22 than 21. Better for the whole run defense and his tackling improved. I and mean, I think Matthew actually posed the question this morning. Some okay. comments here. Um, how did he, how did kind of, he phrase it? The actual title is, how much of a pay raise did Terrell Edmonds earn in 2022? Okay. That's the, the question there. I would, it's, it's a little bit weird because he's still, you know, he's a guy that's played so much football, still pretty young. Not obviously high impact guy, but somebody that seems to be worth something, even if it is, you know, hypothetically three million per year, something or two years, six million, something like that, to to see him have as little interest as he did last year, wait until right before the draft to sign, kind of was unexpected to me. And I, I'd like to think at some point somebody's gonna give this guy a two year deal worth something, not a ton, but something. So that's kind of my feel of it right now, but the safety market is generally a bit more down compared to other positions. And Edmonds obviously is not going to be a splashy type of guy. So, you know, it, it's a little hard for me to say right now. All right. So you, you, I mean, I, I agree. He, his, his value increased, but I guess the question is, is how much ideally you'd like to get this guy to sign a two year deal for sure. 
uh, what three three and a half million per. I would do that personally. I mean, that'd help keep his his cap charge down anyway. Now, will he want to lock himself up for two more years at that point? You know, or uh, might he get a better off? That's going to be his value regardless. I think. Now, the question is: Is there anybody really kind of clamoring to sign him, and does he want to leave for just a little bit more than that? Yeah, it's, again, a little bit tricky just with how depressed the market seemed to be. I mean, were you surprised that, A, it took him that long to sign last year, and then, B, how little he signed for? Was that surprising to you? It was to uh, me. Uh, the Steelers have just named uh, Aaron Curry as their inside linebackers coach, officially. Okay, so that's the official move there. Uh, that'll replace Osafsky, evidently. And will the team hire an outside linebackers coach? You know, we'll have to see. But again, Carl Dunbar, Denzel Martin have worked with the edge guys because TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, those guys have primarily been, you know, considered defensive linemen. They don't drop into coverage that much anymore. And so they just get lumped in with the rest of the D line. Okay. Uh, where were we? Uh, talking about Terrell Edmonds. Were you surprised oh. with him getting so little and, and waiting so long last offseason? As a whole, no. Maybe, maybe the length and, okay. and the fact that he did end up signing a four-year qualifying contract. Yeah. So, do you think that what are the odds that happens again? If you had to guess, I think it. I mean, I don't think it's as as likely. I don't think it's a hundred percent slam dunk, obviously, but I think it might be higher than what most people think. Uh, the, the chances are. Okay, and then with Gentry, what do you come in on that? Any, any uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Is he worth – how much is Gentry worth on the open market as a number two tight end? Yeah, we went down this road with Jesse James, and he got more than we thought. Now, will this happen again with Gentry? I don't think so. I think James offered more pass game value than what Gentry offered, which kind of increased um, you know, the, the numbers a bit. Uh, but how much is he worth? We'll have to see. And I think that's something that really need, needs thorough examination. You know, four million is too much for Gentry, right? Or no? From the Steelers. Yeah, again, I've kind of stuck in that three million range, I guess, with both guys, with Edmonds and Gentry. So around that two-year, six million, you know, give or take a little bit kind of range. Okay. All right. Uh I, I don't think they're going to sign both of those guys to be, because once again, that, that, that $1.35 million benefit would have to be split. And then it obviously takes away from the player from each player's money. So if they're going to use a four-year qualifying contract this year, it would be on one player. Uh, right. And, and the question becomes, will it be either or, or neither with, yeah. uh, with, with Edmonds or Gentry? Sure. It's something that we'll be watching. Uh, pretty closely. And look, I mean, I, I don't think either one of those guys are going to take such a contract right out of the shoot. So it might be Edmonds didn't uh, resign last year until a week before the draft. Right, right, right before the draft. So, you know, you, you could be, you know, if, if either one of those do sign such a deal, it would probably be several weeks after free agency starts. Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, that'll be a good indication of their market if it's a couple weeks in and they're still you know, waiting and haven't signed anywhere. That means that they're trying to see if something comes up that's better, but usually that means nothing better is going to come up. All right. Anything else? 
Uh, do want to mention here before we get to our reader emails and close out today's show. We do uh, on this Sunday, February 26th, I'll be doing our annual Walk the Mock live draft over my YouTube channel. Just search my name, Alex Kazora, and that'll be 8 p.m. Eastern time, a three-round live draft. And so you guys can jump into the YouTube chat and help me uh, draft. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you usually get a pretty good turnout for that, don't you? Yeah, usually a pretty strong crowd. So hopefully that'll be the case this year. All right. I uh, got a quick uh, little shout out here from my bookie we have to give here in this show. Uh, the NFL season has come to an end, but at my bookie, the opportunities to win don't stop. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, my bookie gives you the most for your money with a redesigned deposit bonus. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag and use promo code TERRIBLE to claim a bonus up to $2,000. Use promo code TERRIBLE to get a deposit bonus. It gives you extra funds to play with all the way up to $2,000. With MyBookie, you can bet on the NBA, NHL, UFC, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments that they have. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like my bookie. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And once again, uh, even though uh, football season's over with uh, uh, in the NFL, you still have the other major sports that you can bet on with them as well, too. So we appreciate them and a shout out to them. Let's get to some reader emails, Alex. It's Ram season, which means it's time to serve with Ram 1500, Ram 3500, and Ram TRX. Hurry in now for great deals on the trucks that are built to serve. Right now during Ram season, get 10% below MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery by 531-23. All right, let's do it. What do we got here, Dave? Uh, Pastor Joe Green says to uh, uh, Steelers Depot and those gifted proprietors, thank you for your tireless efforts. You are better than ever. Question, would you be open to this trade? The Steelers give their second of two second round picks uh, in the 2023 NFL draft and receive a first round pick in 2024, as well as a fifth pick and sixth pick in 2023. He says this would allow us to attain, uh, obtain a second first round pick for 2024, a draft that most experts agree will be stronger than 2023. It would also allow to replace our missing day three picks in this year's NFL draft. So here's what he's, he's saying. Uh, a, give up their second of two second round picks and receive a first round pick in 2024, as well as in 2023, a fifth and sixth round pick. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, 49 for a first, a five and a six. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I don't think any team would be crazy right. enough to offer that kind of deal unless something insane happened, a quarterback fell or, you know, some new GM doesn't know what he's doing. But yeah, I would do that. I mean, as it's laid out, as you laid it out, Pastor Joe Green. Yeah, I I, I think we both would. I just I don't I, you know, I don't I don't think you're going to see any team do that. So anyway, uh Deshaun Campbell writes in, uh, I would like to give my thoughts on the upcoming wide receiver draft. While I would love to see this team draft a Jackson Smith and Jigma, who I think would be perfect fit or a tank Dell whose play on the field has become off the charts, but two guys who has not been mentioned are Tennessee, uh, Black- 
Blitnikoff winner Jalen Hyatt, who's probably going to run a 4-3-40, he says, and had 955 yards out of the slot. And also LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Butte, uh, who was mentioned as a, a one or two best wide receiver before the season. He says, I believe this wide receiver class is actually pretty deep. Uh, I don't know if there's really a question there other than, look, I, 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 I will, I will say this. I, I think the wide receiver class is deep, uh, guys like, uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I've just kind of scratched the surface with, uh, I will say this. Yes, you are right. I mean, he, uh, over the last three seasons, he's seen his, his slot play increase tremendously, and he's probably going to run like the wind, uh, at the combine. I think he had a nice, uh, Average depth of target. I I don't I don't get the feeling that he's first round material. Do you, do you, Alex? When it comes to Jalen Hyatt, uh, I haven't watched this game really so far, and so I really can't comment on that. I haven't really felt like and, and seen him in that first round mix. It's been more Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, those types of guys. So um, probably more day two. Although if he tears up the combine, that always gets you know headlines. And if you're running you know four three something, then it's going to boost your, your stock and, and boost your, uh, I guess, presence. So we'll have to see after the combine. I mean, if this team, you know, decided to, you know, wait until round, let's say four, even, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to draft. I mean, I, I think this class is fairly deep overall. Feels like it. Yeah, there's good depth. Again, it lacks the sizzle at the top. There isn't the first round guys. You're not going to have top. 10 picks, top 15 selections in all likelihood that you had, you know, last year, the past couple of years, but yeah, there's quality depth throughout. Ethan Warner writes in, Hey, Dave and Alex, appreciate all the great work you and the rest of the depot do. Seems like we'll be taking an offensive lineman, corner defensive lineman, or maybe a linebacker with our first round pick. What one guy do you both like at all those positions that could be available at 17? I mean, it's, it's way too early for me to sit here and say, I got to have, that guy, you know, that that's that's the guy that fits best that I think the team uh you know could could take it in any of these positions. I mean, we're talking end of February right here in the combine hasn't even happened yet. So uh there's I'm I'm not gonna sit here and name one guy at all those positions there, but I will tell you that I think you're on track position wise, you know, offensive lineman, corner, defensive lineman, and 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 maybe a linebacker, both, you know, both an edge linebacker and an inside linebacker, I think you could put on that list as well, too. So I think you're right there. But I mean, as far as you know, which of guy I'd circle at all those potential positions at 17, I mean it's way too early for that. Yeah, I just haven't gone through enough to to really give you know quality, confident answers there. So I'm with you, Dave. Uh, Brett now has two emails in here. I'm going to only read one on Brett. Sorry. Uh, there seems to be a general sense that receiver is a major need for this team in the coming draft, and I tend to think that's that is being slightly exaggerated. All right, Brett, are you saying first and foremost, are you saying we think Alex and I think it's a major need, or a general, a general sense. Sounded more general. It didn't sound targeted okay. at us. Uh, he, he says the way I see it, the team traded Claypool in part to get more playing time for Pickens. He and Johnson should almost should almost all see almost all the snaps on the outside. All the current slot options are coming back, and the way the team currently uses a slot receiver, even a guy like Juju could only provide limited value. So why spend a lot of capital on the position you don't use? So I guess the second part of his is 
well, the Steelers don't use a slot receiver, so why dedicate a draft pick to him or draft capital to him? I mean, I don't want to say they don't use him. Um, I know that Juju's role was pretty niche and limited his last couple of years with the team, but it still was an important role. And, you know, this past year, they didn't use the slot a lot because they didn't have any slot options. So was it because they didn't want to use it or because they didn't really have the guy to to use in the slot outside of just, you know, the, the jet stuff that, and the, all the motions they did with Simmons and Olszewski. So I, I don't, I agree. It's not a, it's not the major need for this team wide receiver, but really there is kind of a, a lack of confidence in what you have in the slot. Now, Calvin Austin returns and, you know, we'll see what you can get out of him. And that's something to certainly keep in mind, but I understand, you know, the slot need there because there's really no proven guy on this roster right now. He goes on to state, there also seems to be an assumption that Calvin Austin III will never be able to contribute. I don't know. I mean, look. Uh, I've never seen I, anyone I, assume that. I guess we're getting lumped into being Calvin Austin haters now because we won't come out and say he's the answer in the slot. I, I'm assuming that that's the way Brett's aiming here is because we have not stood up and say, this is the guy that the Steelers can rely on to be. Anytime they're in 11 personnel, be be your go-to uh, slot guy. I guess that's us hating him now. Here's my thoughts once again on Calvin Austin III. We don't know any more about him, or I don't, uh, than I did after watching his college tape after his selection. Alex knows slightly more than I do because he watched uh, him uh, in, in, in the time that he was at camp. Uh, a wide receiver having a foot injury is always concerning. I don't care, especially when it needs surgery like he did. Now, does it mean it's career altering? Absolutely not. But how can we sit here and say, Calvin Austin is slam dunk the guy. Don't worry about the position based on everything that's happened so far with Calvin Austin. Sure. It's going to give you pause. Doesn't mean that. Am, I, am, I, am, I, am I wrong here? No, no, you're not wrong there. And I mean, I, I watched him for two weeks in camp. I didn't learn a whole lot. One week was without pads. And so you're not really learning a lot other than he's fast, which you already knew by the four three two that he ran. And beyond that, you know, you really didn't learn a whole lot, very, very little. So um, it's hard to be confident in that. And again, you don't want to forget about him, but there's going to be some pause and trepidation in terms of not really sure. Fourth round pick, small guy, foot injury, neat speed. Not sure what you're going to get next year. So it doesn't, to me, preclude you from considering other slot options. He says, and the assumption that because he missed a season due to injury, he will never contribute again to me is simple, simply bad process. I mean, no, as, as anybody this, said, is this that straw never, man? Is yeah, this I mean, I know, he, I don't think he's saying that we've said that, but I'm not even sure what semi or even, you know, credible person or that covers the Steelers talks about the Steelers have said he's never going to contribute again. So I'm sure there's some corner of the internet saying that, but it's a, a vocal minority. If that he says each player and each injury are different. He is correct. There, the receiver class is not considered to be as good as last year, but it is deep. He says, personally, I don't want them to, I think we're, I think we're seeing we're coming into his bias here. Brett's bias. Uh, Personally, I don't want them to consider receiver till day three, see who falls and try to take advantage of the depth. He says, I have a challenge for both you and Alex. If you will accept, I ask that in your next mock draft that you do not draft a receiver till the seventh round. I suspect if you do that, 
that you you may you may like the product a little better from filling the holes perspective. Uh, I haven't even done a mock draft yet. Have you? <laughs> I did a senior, senior bowl, bowl one. one. Yeah, I'm not going to accept the challenge just because I'm not going to sit here and put myself in a corner of what I will or won't do right. or anything like that. So, um, again, in terms of the who are the proven receivers on the Steelers roster, it's Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and that's it in terms of guys that are actually, you know, catching the football. I mean, yeah, the Sims Wolszewski are there, but they're not proven, you know, guys you're going to roll with. So, that's and why Sims, Sims isn't re-signed yet, even though we think it will sure. be. Uh, and, and and Anthony Miller. I mean, are, are people that high on Anthony Miller? Maybe, or is it, Brett it, that high on Anthony Miller? It Maybe seems we like should he's flip more the tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I understand there. And again, you want to be really deep at receiver because injuries are going to happen. You never know what's going to occur. You know, somebody gets hurt in week two, and you're going to have your at depth be be tested and, and relied upon. So. That's another consideration that you want to be deep at receiver, be at least four deep because you're going to have three starters and, and one guy to be that backup. And I don't think either one of us have been saying that are banging the table for this team to draft a receiver early. I just think that people need to be prepared for that to, in the first four rounds to, 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 to maybe be the case. Yeah, and it's just good to talk about some of these names. When I talk about a Jackson Smith and Jigaba, you know, I'm not saying that they have to draft him at 32, but I think he's just a good fit and just you know spitballing ideas right now, um, being so far away from the draft. And look, you know, obviously new regime in there and all like that. But going back to 2000, there's only been what two years that this team didn't draft at least one wide receiver. Yeah, it was the post what AB year, and I forget what the other year was, but uh, yeah, usually they they take a receiver, so probably will again. Okay. Uh, it took a while to get through. I, I'm not even going to try to get to the second Brett uh, email here, maybe in the next show, depending on if we got time and all we would get to there. But uh, look, we're not anti Calvin Austin. We're not bang the table, draft a wide receiver in the first, you know, four rounds this year either. But I, I think it's something that you have to look at uh, because of all, 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 you know, all the variables involved here. Yeah. Again, it's just, we're all spitballing ideas and there's going to be talent at receiver and they're going to consider it. All right. Anything else uh, you'd like to, to, to add here before we wrap up, made an hour out of nothing, hour and, yeah, minutes, hour our, and 12 minutes out of nothing. Our specialty. Nope. We'll, uh, we'll come back Friday and see what there is to talk about. All right. Uh, make sure and, and we'll remind people again about the walk the mock before then uh, for Alex on Friday. Please make sure if you got time to get on the YouTube machine and uh, help support Alex on that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, go to SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, Steeders depot.com hit the ad free button uh upper right navigational bar to uh to uh take uh, advantage of that so until friday as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with dave and alex 